In our message, we will see how each one of us can enjoy a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and at the same time, enjoy a relationship in the church where we celebrate both diversity of gifts and unity of faith. Hi, my name is Dan Slofer. I'm the pastor at Crosswalk Church in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'd like to welcome you to our message today. Uh, we are in a new message series called Worth It, and today we're going to see the unity and diversity uh, with which God has made the world, and we're going to look at it through his eyes. And just as we get started, thinking of the, the title of this message series, which is Worth It. I think all of us on some level or another every day uh, look at things that go on in our lives and, and ask ourselves the question, is this worth it or not? Uh, it could be a subscription to something. Am I using it? Is this important to me? Uh, or is this something that I might want to cancel? And just this month, uh, a gym membership came up for me uh, that do you want to renew your gym membership? Is it worth it? And what you will find with something like that is it's, it's worth it when you use it. And as we look at this, seeing the church through God's eyes and, and other brothers and sisters in Christ and, and really other human beings, uh, are these relationships worth it? And the answer, I guess, the simple answer would be yes, when they're used and, and when they're being used effectively. And so today we go to God's word and, and we see what he has to say about relationships, other people, and our relationship with him as well. And as we begin today, it's asking the question, yeah, is this, why is this connection not only worth it, but I'm going to go a step further. And I think Jesus does too when he says they're not just worth it, they're essential. That in our relationship with God, that and it's essential to have a relationship with his church as well. And so we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, where we're going to start today, first with verse 7 and then verses 12 to 14. And we read, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts have one body, so it is with Christ. We were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we've all been given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. What we're going to see in this section is God answers some really important questions that seem to plague our society. And one of them is about race and ethnicity and our differences, a second is about our desire to belong to something or to be close to other people. And then the final one is in the midst of that, that we have this, this closeness and, and this unity that we also want our individuality. And as we look at this, we will see how God offers all of this in a very unique way. And one way is here. It starts where it says, now a manifestation of the Spirit. That means that's how the Spirit shows himself inside of every believer. That the Holy Spirit shows himself 
in a very unique way, in a different way, inside each and every one of us. Then he goes on, Paul goes on to show the oneness. And, and what brings this oneness? Baptism. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we're all given one spirit to drink. And what Paul is really speaking to here is race issues. That, that as we look at these differences that we have, and, and we can look at the difference in, in skin color, we can look at the difference in ethnicity, uh, male, female, gender, things like that, that we can look at people uh, and recognize they are different from us, but what we have in common trumps the differences that we have. And what do we have in common? A common Savior, a common God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so that relationship starts in baptism, and it's a very personal relationship. When an individual is brought to the font, to the water of baptism, and we receive the water in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the water and the Word together, and it's a washing away sin for the individual. It's the promise of forgiveness in God's name. But also when God puts his name on us, it's adoption. Uh, just like if you were to adopt a child, you would give that child your name. That in baptism, God puts his name on us, which takes a very individual thing of, of faith and the practice of baptism. And, and it is, it's our personal relationship with God. But then it brings us into a family. And, and once again, it shows this common bond that we have and this unity that we are all children of God, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And so when, when you think about this, this idea of wanting closeness and unity in our lives, to, to, to recognize that it's found in the church because it, it's something that God gives us uh, that goes so much uh, deeper than just a, a blood relationship, but rather it, it's through our relationship with him, that faith relationship. One of the things that we do in baptism at Crosswalk that, that I, I love it is that after a person is baptized, it could be a child or it could be an adult, uh, we ask the congregation a question. Are you willing to do whatever possible so that this person may remain a child of God until death? And, and what we're talking about is, are you willing to uh, support this ministry with your offerings? Are you willing to support it with your, your time and your energy, with things like Bible studies, crosswalk kids, uh, growth groups, the, the worship team, all of it, everything that we do? And are you willing to do that so that this person may remain a child of God? And the answer is always a resounding yes. And what it is, is it's a reminder for the person who is baptized that we are going to walk beside them, that they are not alone. When they are in need, we will be there as their family in Christ to support them. And it's something I hope that you value and enjoy as well. He goes on, and, and now it's talking about individuality. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? 
If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. As I look at these words, and, and it's showing that, that sometimes, and maybe you felt this way, that in a church you might not feel like you belong. And maybe it's because there, there's not a recognition of, of your gifts, or you don't see someone like you, or, or someone that looks like you, or someone that thinks like you, and that can be an issue. And yet what, what he's saying here is that God has given us this grace that he has made us all different, that there is this diversity, uh, not just that goes across larger ethnic lines, but, but is very personal. And it makes me think of a Mark Twain quote that he says there are two biggest days in your life. Number one is the day you were born, and the second is the day you come to understand why you were born. And that's what, what Paul is talking about here is that, yes, we've been born, we've been reborn in baptism, but God has done this for a specific purpose. Uh, in, in Ephesians, he says that each one of us are God's workmanship, handmade by God in order to do good works. And so as we go through this in our ministry, one of the things we, we do at Crosswalk, we use Christian Essentials 3, and we use shape, what we call shape, which is our spiritual gifts, our heart, our abilities, our personality, and our experiences. And all of those things begin to shape, they make up who we are. And understanding our shape helps us better understand how we can serve. And, and so understand why this is so important. This is a way for you to be you, if, if you want to call it that, it, it's a way that we celebrate individuality in a church, but not appetite. And, and I think that's where our, our society gets it wrong, that a lot of people look at, um, you know, and, and maybe Lady Gaga, you know, baby, I was born this way. And, and when you think of those words and, and how they're used, it's usually for their sexuality and appetites and ways that I want to live my life. And God, God says that a little different way. He says, I made you in a very specific way, not for your purposes, not for your appetite, because if you follow your appetites, you will never be full. Uh, you will become a slave to them, whether it's sexually or with addictions or, or whatever you try to fill in there. But rather, God says, no, you were made to be part of a body, to be joined with other Christians to work out his purposes, and his plans, which he's prepared. And so as we think about our journey with God, finding out what that includes for me is part of the fun and the learning and growing of being part of the body of Christ. Paul goes on, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weak are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we speak with, treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment at all. But God has put the body together. Here it is. God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, 
so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. I don't know if with this audience, uh, when listening online, whether this, this part of it, one part cannot say to the other, I don't need you. And this is an encouragement, if you're part of our digital campus, to understand that, that this very unique personal relationship with God is, is not a journey that was meant to be taken alone. And this is an encouragement for you that, that if through your actions you're basically saying to the church, I don't need you, whether it's because of past hurts, that you, or you're saying it's not worth it, it's not worth the pain of having to deal with other people, God would argue and I would argue that it is worth it. And so the first thing to do is watch out for arrogance and arrogance to say to the church, I don't need you. One of the things that the church offers, brothers and sisters in Christ, is they help us see our blind spots. And you have one. And it says you could fit an 18-wheeler and it is so big. I have blind spots. And, and they are just as big. And, and what the church does is it helps us see our blind spots. Uh, and, and, and there's this connection that we have where we help each other as we move forward. But another part of this I just want to highlight is that the diversity we have in the church helps us understand God better, others better, and ourselves better. And the example that I would give of that is thinking about my dad. That, that I know my dad through a son-dad relationship. But that's only part of who he is. That I've seen him with his mother. I have seen my dad with his brothers, and I see a part of him uh, that, that was so different at that time. But now that his mom is, is dead and his brothers are dead, it's a part of my dad that I don't see anymore. I, I don't see him being a son. I don't him, see him being a brother. But I also now see him when he has grandchildren and great-grandchildren. I see a part of him that I didn't see before they were born. I hope you understand the point. These other relationships that he has helps me see who he is in a way that um, I would have never been able to see simply by myself. And if that's true about my, my dad, how much more true is that about God? As I listen to, to different people, even different pastors that I listen to online or podcasts or books that I read or growth groups that I'm in or sermon studies that I do with other people, they enrich my relationship with God. They enrich my relationship with others by, by simply understanding that not everyone thinks like I do. And that's a good thing. And so it broadens the way I think. It, it shows the holes in my self-talk when I grind and grind and grind. And I need to say it out loud or have others speak to me to help me move forward in faith. Please, please, please hear this that in a relationship with God, the church is essential to help us see those blind spots and to help us see the beauty of our Savior, Jesus Christ, his forgiveness, his love, all the things that he does for us. And again, it enriches our relationship with him and others. 
The final words we have are 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27, and, and it's a statement. And the statement is this, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. That he's not saying, you know, you have to figure out if you want to be part of the body of Christ. No, you're, you're part of the body. And this is part of a confession of Christian faith that all Christian churches use. When we use the Apostles' Creed and we say, I believe in God the Father, I believe in God the Son, and I believe God the Holy Spirit. And, and when we talk about, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints. And that, that creed is saying the same thing this verse is saying. That, that we are joined, every person of all generations who believes in Jesus as their Savior has this community, the, the, this, this togetherness, that we are part of this body that will not only be part of this life, but the one to come. And that's why the final verse I chose is from Revelation 7 verse 9. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And if you want something where there is diversity, uh, this is it. When I think of diversity, it means that when you have a group of people, that they come from all other different groups, that, that there's this inclusion that's part of it. And in God's kingdom, it's not about where you were born. It's not about where your citizenship is. It's not about the color of your skin. It's, it's about our Savior, Jesus Christ, and, and, and that beautiful faith that we have in common, the beautiful Savior that we have in common, the beautiful triune God that we have in common. And where does this all go? What purpose is this pointing to? To heaven. And it makes me think of a, a just kind of a, a final mantra, I guess, that we use. I think it's an old African saying from what I've been told. And that is, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And, and think about the, that just that truth in, in life, it, it, that as you think about it, just as a proverb, um, that, that if you're traveling somewhere, going with a group on what support they offer. And, and it is true in life, but, but it's so much more true in the church. Because it's in the church that we find this unity and closeness and, and intimacy, spiritual intimacy with God and with other people. It's a place where you can explore the, the, the very unique gifts that God has given you and blessed you with for the common good. That, it, that it's not just a selfish thing where you, you hold on to them for yourself, but you learn the joy of sharing that in the church. And so in closing, I guess I would say is, if you are someone who is listening to this and you, you would say, I love Jesus and the church not so much, that in these words, God is telling us it's kind of a package deal. That, that if, if you, it would be like me, Dan, I, I like you, but I don't like your kids. Well, they're my family. And, and so as we look at God and his family, this would be my encouragement to give the church, if you've been hurt or wounded or maybe don't see the need, 
to give Christ's church a chance. And the reason why is because for Christ, he was worth it. We are worth it, that he made that payment. He gave his life for ours. And now we have this opportunity to live as his church, giving our lives for each other. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that you have a personal relationship with us through faith. And we thank you for baptism in which you brought us into your family and washed away our sins. And Lord, at the same time, we want to thank you for bringing us into the family and the fellowship of the church. Help us to uh, enjoy one another as, as a church family. Uh, Lord, help us to, to act in love towards each other, to give encouragement, uh, to use your word to enrich each other uh, and, and enrich our lives. Lord, help us each day to give thanks for you and for each other. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.